Hey guys, so this is officially my introduction to the Black Create Connect podcast. You're hearing from myself, Alicia Latoya. Um, and yeah, I guess I thought I'll do an introduction episode um, where I'm just introducing who I am, you know, all about the network that I run. Um, and what this podcast is really going to be about and what to look forward to. So, um, yeah, just to introduce myself, um, I'm Alicia Richardson. I've actually got about five years experience um, with hiring and about three years experience with merging hiring with diversity and inclusion strategies. So just a bit of background story about me (laughs) and kind of my personal journey, because I won't really get a chance to talk too much about myself throughout the episodes as I'll mainly be speaking with other individuals about their journey and their experiences. Um, So this is more for you to get to know me and understand why I'm doing this. So effectively, I started off in recruitment in 2017. I kind of fell into it. Um, (laughs) I actually, just to give you all a backstory... I actually tried to get into recruitment when I finished university. Um, So after my first job, I remember um, interviewing with multiple different companies um, (laughs) from, you know, accounting recruitment firms to tech recruitment firms, so many different recruitment agency companies. Um, And I continuously got to final stage And I was told, no, sorry, recruitment isn't for you or we don't think you'll be a good culture fit or, you know, I was even told one time by a company that they think I'll be best suited for a gentleman's club. There were so many microaggressions in the rejections (laughs) that I was facing um, at the time. And I was too, I guess I was too young and inexperienced to identify what wasn't, wasn't okay. Um, But anyway, so I actually, them... Um, spent about two months interviewing for recruitment roles in about about 2016 and then decided okay I guess recruitment isn't for me Um, so then I went and I applied for just anything you know when you leave university and you're still trying to figure out what you want to do so I was applying for anything more so within sales I I was saying you know what I think I have the gift of the gab so I'm just going to sell anything. <laughs> I'm just going to put myself out there and see what there is. Um, and I, I randomly got a call, actually. I remember I was in Nando's and I got a call from um, someone saying, hey, it's, um, I remember, shout out Rowan, if Rowan, if you hear this, it's Rowan calling from um, WBR, which was Worldwide Business Research, which was an events um, company. And they said, yeah, we've just looked at your application for a sales executive role. So instantly I propped up and um, I was like, okay, is the interview now? They was like, yeah, let's let, let's have a conversation now. So in Nando's, done an interview. Um, and in the call, in the interview, I remember him leaving and saying, okay, well, we'll be in touch. And for those who don't know, whenever an interviewer says to you, <laughs> I know this from experience. We will be in touch. It definitely means that you probably, not all the time, but most likely they they won't be getting in touch with you. So before he came off the phone, I said, look, is there anything at all that you have doubts about? Is there anything I can clear your, you know, your conscious on or if there's any questions I can answer? 
he was like, yeah, actually. Um, there's a couple of things. Like, I don't know. I can't remember what exactly he said, but he said, you know, I don't know how, how much you really want to do sales or how much you really want to sell. And I remember just pitching myself and just saying every little thing from probably primary school to secondary school to university, every little thing I got involved in and, and that I'd done. And he said to me, okay, come in tomorrow. Now, that's when I thought to myself, again, I thought, okay, I could probably get into recruitment. But again, I kind of put that on the back burner because I had already gone through two months of rejection of not being able to, to become a recruiter, apparently, according to individuals. So, yeah, so I said, OK, great. Went in the next day. I was offered the job literally the same day when I went in for a face to face interview. So I did event sales um, where I literally just sold um, events to companies around e-commerce, digital marketing, staying ahead in the industry, that sort of thing. And I loved it at the time. But then something in me was kind of feeling like this isn't long term, like this isn't fulfilling me. Yes, it makes good money. And I'm speaking to loads of incredible people and my network is growing, which is brilliant. Shout out to everyone in my network that I met from those events that still keep in touch with me. Um, but that's where, you know, I really started to establish myself as a professional. And I remember I went to a company called Aspire. Shout out Aspire. Um, I actually went to Aspire before I worked for WBR to help me find a job in sales. And they did a really, really remarkable job in trying to help me find something. I didn't get anything through them, but... I remember my experience was good. Remember, for recruiters out there and for those that, I guess, work with recruiters, it's not necessarily about you being rejected or accepted for a role. It's about the experience. So even if you are being rejected, if someone does it in such a, a kind way and says, look, this is a redirection, that also could, you know, have a big impact on whether the client or the candidate decides to work with you again in future. But anyway, so Aspire stuck in my head as one of the key recruitment agencies out of all of them that was that I had I had a really good experience in. So I went back to them when I was looking for a job. And um when I went there and there was they all kind of came in pitching to me saying, We've got this opportunity with this company, this one, this one, this one. I was like, okay. Um, this all sounds great, you know, and I picked the ones that I wanted to go for. So I thought, oh, I'm, I'm picking now. This is, <laughs> this is great. This is so different to what it was like a couple of years ago. And mind you, this was in, this actually was in 2017. So 2016 is when I was interviewing for recruitment jobs and I got rejected. And this was 2016 around May times. And by October 2017, I was interviewing again. Or September, actually, because I started my new job in October. And I remember I sat in there and um, someone who worked in the internal team sat with me and said, actually, we think you'd be good here as a recruiter. And because I had previously been discouraged from becoming a recruiter, I kind of thought, hmm, are you sure? Are you sure you want to give me a chance in, in that area? And they said, no, we think you would actually be really great. So I met with the different team leads. I remember meeting with um, a guy called Luke. Um, Luke was absolutely consistent in his character from day one to the to the end when I when I stopped working with him. He was so sweet, so lovely, so vibrant. Um, and that's where I met one of my good friends, Anne. Actually, I remember. <laughs> I wish Anne was here to laugh with me with this. I remember when. Um, 
I sat down in the interview room and, you know, Luke was like, yeah, we definitely think you'll be great here. And the task that he gave to me was to start my own desk. He said, you know, and what that means in recruitment agency terms is to basically build your own clients. Of course, I could use some of the candidates that they were already in contact with, but I had to then, you know, get my own candidates as well. So anyway, um, I was, again, still a little bit unsure because I had an internal offer from another company that they had put me forward for. And then the last selling point was, oh, I'm going to get a girl called Anne because I think Anne is going to be great. And actually, I'm going to put a picture up there. <laughs> or for those who, um, who want to see of me and Anne. Brought in this this beautiful woman, um, you know, I think she had, we had like the same nail colour and both had our nose pierced and we were both, you know, black girls as well. We looked at each other and we were both thinking the same thing. We were thinking, oh, of course they're gonna, <laughs> of course he thinks this is a great selling point, which it was, it was encouraging. And it was, that, that, that was almost like a light bulb, bulb moment where I thought, ah, okay. Actually, it does work. When you bring in someone, when you have people in your business that reflect who you are, what you look like, um, it makes a difference to who else you can bring in because had they not brought in Anne, I may, I may or may not have accepted the job. I don't, I don't know. But that made a difference and it made me feel like, okay, I've got some company here. You know, I've got someone that can understand me here. So anyway. <laughs> so anyway, so once... Um, I started the role, me and Anne worked really closely together. And I've heard so many mixed stories actually about working with other black women and other people that are the same race as you. And sometimes they're, they're really positive and sometimes they're not so positive. And working with Anne was like a sisterhood. Like we really had each other's back. Um, you know, it was nice competition that we had. Like if she got, got a bill in, she would encourage me to, to, you know, to bill higher. If I was doing good in this, she'd be like, great, you're so good at this. It was more of a partnership. And I thought, I like this. I like this vibe that we're, that we're building up. And we built up a genuine friendship as well outside of that. You know, she became a merge of my family. <laughs> Sleepovers and all. And I, I gained a really good friend at Aspire. So anyway... That was a recruitment agency and it became, as time went on, when you work in contract recruitment, it's very hit or miss. And you only really make a lot of money when you've got a lot of contractors on. And because of the changes with the IR35 and everything, and I guess it wasn't really clear as to what that meant for contractors, a lot of... Um, a lot of contractors started to drop out and start to turn perm and it just it just made things complicated at the time. And I did work on perm roles as well, but I kind of got fed up, if I'm being totally honest with you, um, I got fed up of having to always chase new business. When you work in recruitment agencies, you have to constantly chase new business, chase candidates, and I wasn't putting too much care into what I was doing because I had so many clients and actually my focus was on billing. Now, I remember one of my last clients I worked with worked with at Aspire gave me the motivation to do what I then went on to do next. So I worked with a company, um, I, I won't disclose the name because I, t I don't know if I should disclose the name, but they were lovely. And I remember the founder saying to me, look, I want you to help me with recruitment but I've got a problem that's deeper than recruitment. I actually have people that um, they're, they're leaving consistently. Um, you know, they, they don't seem really happy here. The vibe in the office is really low, really down. Can you help me solve it? And I was thinking, oh, this is a different challenge. Usually clients 
just want me to hire a role for them. They don't want me to really dig deeper. Um, and I love a challenge. I love, I love, you know, taking things, taking a new approach to things. So what I did um, was I went to the office, which was an old tree at the time. And I told my managers and they must have thought I was bizarre. I said, look, I'm going to spend the day with this client. This may turn into new business. It may not turn into new business, but I actually want to understand what their challenges are. And because I guess I was trusted, they were like, all right, go ahead, <laughs> you know, go, go ahead and do that. So, you know, thank goodness the spy trusted me. So I went there and um, I remember speaking, having confidence, confidential conversations with employees in the business to understand why they felt like their previous and pre previous um, co-workers were leaving and you know why how they felt in the business and what they wanted to see from the business and I was drawing out all these different things from you know not feeling included not feeling like they're um, heard um, you're not feeling appreciated not feeling valued all these different things and I, th and I thought to myself well actually me hiring for companies like this is pointless if they don't fix these problems that are internal because they're just gonna keep wasting money and wasting our time as recruiters. And as much as some recruiters were happy to just take their money and be like, yeah, this is gonna be great for the business. Morally, that didn't sit right with me, knowing that I'm gonna be hiring someone into this environment. So I remember, again, this was such a bizarre conversation <laughs> that I had as someone that was working as a recruiter. And I remember I said to the founder, I said, I can't actually hire for you after these conversations that I've had with your employees, I can't right now, you need to fix these problems. And I said, unfortunately, I'm not a consultant to help you fix these problems. So, you know, as a friend, I guess you can talk to me and I can give you advice, but I'm not in a professional position to advise you on these things. And he actually said to me, well, you should, like this should be something that, that you do because you took the time out to listen and talk. And I said, do you know what? I don't want to do recruitment agency work anymore. I don't want to work with loads of companies and just be hiring into companies because <laughs> me me hiring into different companies where I don't understand and know the culture too well could put my reputation at risk because candidates are trusting me to place them in businesses. That's, let's face it, is a career step for them, you know? So it's not fair for me to just place someone just for money. So I was... I thought, no, I need to go somewhere else. So I actually went to another company, which I won't say the name of, because my experience, this is this experience in this company actually um, changed the like my whole perception. So I went to another company where I worked um, in-house with another a tech company. If you go on my LinkedIn, you will clearly see, but I will not say. <laughs> so... The reason why I initially moved to this company was because their model was slightly different to a recruitment agencies. So it was actually for ex-recruitment um, consultants to kind of come into, and we worked on projects internally, in-house. So we didn't actually belong to the company we were hiring for. However, we were working on one dedicated in-house project. So it was as if we were an internal employee. So we got that exposure to internal recruitment, but still remained kind of as an external consultant. So I like that balance. And I thought, okay, cool. I can have an impact in doing that. But what I found is that it was difficult because of the infrastructure of this particular project. So there were like over 60 people working on this particular client. It was a global client. They had, they had been with probably from the start of the company I was working with. So 
it would have been very difficult for me to have um, as a, a huge impact. So I thought, okay, that's fine. What I will do is see what impact I can have internally in the current company I'm working with. So I looked around and I thought, okay, there's a lot of people of colour here, a lot of diversity here, people from LGBTQ black, um, backgrounds. Okay, I like this. This is this is diverse. But then whilst I was there, I remember, and this is a very, very personal experience that I'm sharing with you all. So, you know, oh, it's taken a lot for me to kind of share this. So I remember when I was there, every week, once a week, someone was just leaving and they always happened to be, not always, but most of the time they were a person of colour and it was out of nowhere, out of the blue. So I thought this is weird. Anyway, I thought, to myself, let me not overthink it. Let me just assume that something's happened and they've, they've had, all had to leave the business for whatever reason. But it was very frequent, too frequent actually. So, especially for a high growth company that was like cool to work for at the time. So anyway, um, <laughs> I remember having my first meeting with my manager at the time. And I... I wasn't actually happy with the position that I, that I was putting at the time because I felt I've, I'm always someone that that thinks that I can do greatness, which I think is great to have that, that attitude. And, I, and I, I felt like at the time they didn't understand the value that I had um, because of the passion that I had for change and growth and development and quality as well. So anyway, I remember um, having my first meeting with a manager who was a white male. And um, when I was speaking with him, I remember he was just looking through me. I was talking about my development plans and where I wanted to be and and the company. And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get that for you. You know, we'll do that for you. I'm like, okay, I'm thinking, is he listening to me? I thought, okay, let's, let's see. Um, you know, put my objectives in place and everything. Um... And I thought to myself, I'm going to meet my objectives. I'm very, very goal orientated. I'm very, very driven. So with, I mean, when you speak of my parents, when they come in, they'll say that. And most of my friends know, know this as well. Like I've, I'm very focused. When I like to do something, I like to do it properly. So of course, starting a new job, put my KPIs together in place. I wanted the bonus too. So I thought I'm going to be hitting these goals and going above and beyond. So anyway, I remember... Um, after that meeting, outside of that meeting, when I saw my manager and had encounters with him, he just ignored me. Didn't say hello, didn't say goodbye, didn't really acknowledge me in team meetings. Um, and it didn't come across, his interactions with me started to feel disingenuous. Now, this may have happened to, I, I can probably guarantee this has happened to a lot of people, especially people of colour, where you feel like sometimes your managers can be hot and cold with you, especially if they're not from your same, the same background as you. Now, in hindsight, what I should have done is probably note down every single time that happened and how that made me feel. Just note it down. Because what I did is just... I guess, brush it under the rug, brush it under the rug and just think, no, it's fine, it's okay, he's not treating me any differently. When actually he was, because he was friends, mates with everyone else in the team, apart from me, you know? Or So anyway, um, just to be specific about situations, because I really, I really didn't actually plan to kind of go into specifics today, but the reason why I'm going to 
is because I really want you all to understand why this is my passion project. So I remember small things that I did whilst I was at that company is, um, you know, I pitched to have like a carnival event. I spent like the whole, most of the night, woke up really super early the next day for the carnival event, pulling it on, you know, putting around facts in the office, arranging the caterers, arranging the activity for the office. I remember I arranged um, a a Giving Tuesday event as well, where I got Giving Tuesday to come down, do some press. I organised a sale to raise some money, some funds all on my own, got zero support from the founders, zero support from my manager. Um, I remember I worked really closely with the Black History events as well. I was very, I was super proactive, you know, worked on the social media content, worked with the team, putting together some ideas, putting things out there. And what I found, what I felt actually, was that there was a constant um, disregard for the work that I was doing. The reason why I did all these things and I continue to continue to do all these things is because I like to keep to my word to myself. I said to myself, I'm going to have an impact. I'm going to do things no matter how long I'm here for, you know, I'm going to do my work well. And I was doing my work well. And actually what I then found is that my manager, he started to pick up on a lot of micro, well, he started to pick up on small things and they became microaggressions because you know, he might say to me one day, oh, Alicia, you've, you've made a mistake. Um, these mistakes have to stop happening. And I say, what mistake is this? Well, you've used please three times in this email and, you know, this is a serious matter. And when actually, if you go back on some of his emails and messages and some of his work, I'm sure there's numerous grammatical errors, you know. I'm not saying that, you know, I didn't make any mistakes or whatever, but... The fact that he used to call me into meetings and have serious conversations. There was times where I was told in the office or I was t- called into meetings several times, this person overheard you being racist. This person over overheard you being rude to a candidate. This person overheard that you're selling stolen perfumes. All of these different accusations of this person heard this, this person heard this. And what that does, because obviously all these things are were, were un, untrue. That's why I'm happy to kind of say them here. Um, that makes me feel insecure at work. You're now building up imposter syndrome. You're now making me feel undervalued, actually, because you're picking at me. You're ignoring any other, th- any other credible things that I'm doing as well. There was that occasion. Plus, there was a white female that she took a message Um, and she highlighted it as an aggressive message. The message was very blunt. I can't even remember what it it said. Very straightforward messages. On Slack, we messaged back and forth all the time. First of all, I felt like this was problematic because this same white female had made this accusation against two other black females in business for various things. Now... (laughs) I remember when I had the conversation and said, you know, calling this message, you know, calling us aggressive because because of this message is actually a microaggression because black women are always misinterpreted as being aggressive. So we have to be careful how we're throwing this aggressive word around. Sometimes we wouldn't, you know, 
And most of the time, we wouldn't have to do too much to be called aggressive. When I was accused of selling stolen perfumes, this was off the back of a conversation that someone was eavesdropping off and they made an assumption which was incorrect. But because of that assumption, you've now, you're now building up a profile against me. If I was a white female who was blonde, would you have built up that profile against me? There was a time where I felt like these same set of white, women were in the office and they were talking at me they were talking about me sorry so they were pointing towards me they were whispering and I remember I remember going to my manager that day and saying to him I have a complaint to make because I feel like you know I saw these ladies talking about me he said well there's a long procedure to go through. At this point, there had been several complaints made against me by, he says, she says, by random people in the business um, that I don't know of. So when I asked him if I could make a complaint about it because I then felt uncomfortable with this, he said to me, there's a process you need to go through um, to make a complaint. I said, okay, what's that process? He said, well, you need to fill out a form and you need to... Um, process that form and send it to HR and then they need to review it and I said okay is this what everyone's doing when they're making com these small minor complaints against me about me sending pleas in an email three times you know about me being accused of selling stolen things and you know me, me being accused of being aggressive because of a slack message is, is this the same procedure that everybody else is going through he said yes I said okay anyway a couple of days later, I asked him for the form. I said, he still sent the, the form over. He said he's going to send it. He didn't send it. I then sent an email to HR um, with the details of what happened, copying him, him in. HR then came back to say that I was lying, effectively, about what had happened. Um, and there is no form. And then we had to have a formal meeting about what happened. So I, I gave the details as to what actually took place. What saved me is that someone in the office who was a woman of colour saw what took place and they reported it directly to HR without me knowing. That's how HR then came back to me and apologised and said, yes, actually, what you said took place. The problem I had with that situation was that there was no form to be filled in. That was a hurdle for me not to make a complaint. I was told instantly that I was lying. So my opinion, my feelings, my experience was disregarded because I was a black woman. Um, and had it not been for the other black women seeing what happened and reporting it, then my point wouldn't have been proven. There were other things such as when there was a Christmas party, they had makeup artists and hairstylists come in to do hair. These are small things that you might think doesn't mean, doesn't mean anything, but it means something. When I look through the portfolio of makeup artists and hairstylists that were coming to do our hair and makeup, they were all white. They were all white. None of them could serve. I've got Afro-Caribbean hair. If you're going to be inclusive, you need to make sure that you're inclusive in all of your areas. It's even when you're doing social things, it doesn't just matter for you to dot up the white ladies and not the blacks. So I mentioned something about this. I wasn't seen as problematic that's not a problem. I'm raising an issue and it should be something that should be dealt with. These are tip of the icebergs. Cut a long story short, 
you know, there was, <laughs> there was several, there, there, I mean, these were just tip of the icebergs. But when there was the Christmas party, Christmas do, and the CEO, who I was definitely, definitely openly not fond of, he was absolutely outrageous. <laughs> never, never experienced any, anyone like him. But anyway, um, he was just horrible. He gave awards to his favourite people in the company that everyone knows he always favours for whatever reason. And um, he then listed out every event that I had actually put on by myself, that I had pitched for, that I have organised, that I ran, listed them out and gave someone else credit for it in front of me. At that moment, I said, I need to leave. This business has emotionally abused me. I feel undervalued. I have crazy imposter syndrome and it shouldn't be the case because there's loads of people that look like me in the business, but I feel like we're all going through this, you know, I'm going through a terrible experience. So I decided to leave. I think the following Monday after the Christmas party, I gave him my notice. I said, I can't, you know, and for me to leave with responsibilities and no other job to go to initially was crazy, but I could not take the level of disrespect and disregard. When I left, I had about 11 people, including the, you know, I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say the, the, this, this job title because you're going to figure out who it is. But I had about 11 people message me privately telling me about their personal experiences, um, about some of the things that they went through with their managers, with their bosses. And they all happened to be people from a diverse background, either a female or someone of colour. So I thought, okay, this business obviously has a problem. And I said, this business cannot be the only business that has this problem because actually there's so many credible businesses working with this company. So for me, if if all these companies are using this business as a hiring, as you know, as a business to hire with, you must have you might have shared values. You might operate in a similar way, especially if the people that are treating are treating your employees like this, are hiring further people. So you're not going to be able to identify if someone's going to treat someone else the same way. So this is going to be a problem, an ongoing problem. So I then said, okay, I need to go to a company that values diversity and inclusion as well as hiring. And that was in 2020. That's when I moved to a wonderful company called Hidden. I connected with the founders on LinkedIn, actually. I messaged, um, shout out Rich, <laughs> Rich, Richard Bloom. I messaged him directly. He spoke with me the same day. I spoke with Katie Morgan, my darling. She's such a sweetheart. Um, you know, I met with Ross and the rest of the team and instantly fell in love with them. You know, their attitude was completely different. They were warm, they were welcoming, they were open to ideas, they were open to new ways of thinking. They were just incredible. And then this is when I felt like, I'm, <laughs> when I joined Hidden, sorry, I'm getting really emotional, which is really weird. Because I, f I felt like, oh goodness, this is weird for me. <laughs> so when I joined Hidden, I felt heard, I felt respected, and I felt like they cared about difference and it was it was a weird feeling because there was like a big sigh of relief when I joined Hidden 
because being in at the previous company, I literally I hated at the time I hated my life. It was dreadful. Like I never have I haven't had anything close to that experience before. So anyway, during my time at Hidden, you know, I worked um on various different projects, kind of helping companies identify how they could become more inclusive and how they can diversify and, you know, they can attract more more candidates from different backgrounds. That was what I worked on. So I worked with many different agencies. Now, throughout lockdown, um, the companies that we're working with, a lot of them stopped hiring completely, as many companies did, and probably made some people redundant as well. Now... In July 2020, you know, whilst or just after the Black Lives Matter campaign happened, um, my emotions just erupted again during, during that time. And I remember when the situation happened with um, George Floyd and it brought back so many um, bad memories for me. And for some people, they might be thinking, why are you upset about, you know, someone calling you aggressive or, you know, you being accused of stealing or you not being recognised for your work? It's because it's an accumulation of things. And what what that can make you feel is low. And you feeling undervalued is like the worst, the worst thing. <laughs> Especially when you're, when you're giving your all. Imagine giving your all into a relationship and the person just, it just, disregards you it's just it's horrible anyway so I remember when I was um during the times of the Black Lives Matter cam- um campaigns I say campaigns you know protest um my founder um, Rich he actually called me um to find out how I was doing how I was feeling and I valued that call so much so much like he doesn't understand <laughs> He doesn't understand how much that meant to me because it just meant he cared and he understood that there was a need to reach out to his black employees and see how they were feeling at the time. The, to, the fact that the protests were happening, I thought to myself, there needs to be a longer term solution. I need to think of something that I can do to help long term, not just for now. <sighs> then I remember getting a call from one of my white colleagues and bless her, she was so sweet. She um she called me, really not understanding what the protest was about. You know, saying, How do we know this has happened to George Floyd because he's passed um because he was um black? Like how do we know? And I said, Babes, <laughs> if you understand our history as black people, what we've had to go through is not just the killing, it's the systematic racism, it's the blocks. Is that it's there's so many different things we've gone through, and this is just, I guess, erupted so many different emotions. And I had to, I was on the phone to her for about three hours, and I understand that some um, pe- people, you know, from the black community will be like, I, I wouldn't talk to her, I wouldn't explain myself. She needs to go and do her research. But a part of the research process sometimes is having a conversation, and I'm okay to be that person to have a conversation. So anyway, um, whilst the, the protests were happening, I remember doing some work and doing some research on LinkedIn for a role. 
And I remember going through about 10 pages of candidates and I didn't see one black person for the role that I was looking for. And I thought to myself, this is crazy. I know so many black people <laughs> that, that could potentially do this job. This is crazy. Why, you know, and like whenever I put out a tweet or put out something on Instagram, I got so many responses. So I didn't understand this. So anyway, um, I put out a post on LinkedIn and I said, look, I'm going to create a WhatsApp group and anyone that wants to be a part of it from the black community, let me know. And I'm going to post jobs in there. And if, you, if you're a recruiter and you want to post jobs in there, join it too so we can just post jobs and we can give, we can give the black community access to jobs. Because a lot of the time, you know, what I found is that a lot of black individuals wasn't updating their LinkedIn. I wasn't using LinkedIn the way the same way I was. I was a hunter on LinkedIn. I used to message people and, you know, connect to people and everything. So I know how to use it. So I thought we need to get more um, people, people from the black community knowing about these opportunities quicker so they can be top of the line. And if they're not getting these jobs, there needs to be a network where we can advise each other, support each other, help each other. We need to be able to build each other. And hopefully after building this network, I can inspire other communities, you know, from other BAME backgrounds, other diverse backgrounds to follow a similar model. But let me see if this works first. So I started the group and it grew very, very quickly, very quickly. And um, I think by the end of that year, it was full, I believe. And, um, you know, as and when, if one person leaves, I've, I've got like a waiting list of people that I just add in. Um, here, there and now so anyway so it's just a casual group it started off as people just messaging opportunities and you know people connecting getting business opportunities as well because I believe that you have your your full-time job your nine-to-five and you have your side hustle too you know and I'm, I'm here for promoting any business really that's that that provides a good service but especially black businesses because we are building the black pound right so anyway um following following the whatsapp group growth um last year um was like okay let's have a link up and the lockdown restrictions lift up and effectively i planned to do a barbecue and my parents shout out my parents they were happy to host that at their house um but unfortunately my dad um the day before um got pinged with covid and i had to cancel the whole event so i thought okay well that, that's really sad but what I realized is that the engagement was really there I thought oh my goodness like people were messaging me individually and have done actually throughout the year saying thank you for this opportunity that you posted I've got this job out of it I've hired also not to mention so many people from the group I've lost count um into different opportunities so I'm like this is working whatever this network is doing even if it was just to get one person a job it's done its job and it's doing more than that and I want these opportunities to grow outside of the group and I thought from last year September when the barbecue didn't happen I thought no this can't stop here I still want there to be a network I still want there to be an opportunity for us to connect and um, with each other and, and for me to be able to pro provide opportunities to the black community continuously so how can I do this so anyway I thought about it long and hard actually and I was going back and forth about different ideas I've had people you know propose different things to me and 
I'm all about, you know, timing, alignment, being clear on what it is exactly I want to do. So, sorry, I keep sniffing because I was crying earlier. Um, For those who are listening. (laughs) Um, So anyway, I thought to myself, okay, how are you going to do this? I've gone back and forth, back and forth. And I thought to myself, first of all, I need to have an official, (laughs) official website. But I just don't want this to be a website, like a landing page. Because I thought about just having a landing page with who we are, what we do, join the community on Slack. I thought, that's one thing, that's great. Um, And I also have a Slack community for it now as well. But, you know, it's a lot for me to manage both. So I'm looking for community managers for anyone that wants to volunteer. Um, So anyway, I thought, okay, cool. Let me start off with a job board. Let me have a job board. And with the job board, I can share opportunities. So that way, anyone anyone that's not in the group knows they can go to this website because we're sharing as many opportunities as possible. Now, the type of opportunities that, that we share are usually within creative marketing and tech. That's the main, and that's simply because of my network and I've worked in those industries. And I'm actually I'm currently working for a tech company now. So it just makes sense. But Who's to say if there's anything outside of that that's a bit more corporate, you know, I may post something on there as well. But those are the main type of jobs that we have at the moment. Now, I thought, let me have a job board. And then with that, I also did do work with Bami Kateye. Shout out, Bami. Um, I've been working with her for almost, for almost three years, actually, on diversity and inclusion consulting and doing workshops and training with companies. So with that being said, I... Um, I thought, okay, well, we can offer that as a service to any clients that want to advertise jobs with us as well. Um, by the way, <laughs> I haven't actually mentioned that. I've actually left hidden. <laughs> I left hidden um, in uh, July 2021, I think it was. And then I, and I went to Engine um, to help them with their diversity and inclusion hiring strategies. So that's, um, yeah, that's another, <laughs> that's another step. And then there's been... Uh, a change to engine um and hence why i am where i am now which is that depop as a senior talent partner that's just some um <laughs> some career summaries but just to get back onto the network so i yeah so i'm having a job board that's being made at the moment um it's being designed i'm very particular um so that's one thing i said i want to do then i said i want to have partnerships i want companies to be able to partner up with me, but also I know other other um, partnership companies that have wider networks to the black communities more than I do. And also networks to people of color communities and networks to other other diverse communities. So I want to partner up with these, these um, organizations and work with corporate companies on packages so that they're constantly connecting their opportunities and, and they're constantly learning from us on how to better be inclusive and how to better, you know, involve hire, um, hiring and diversity and inclusion strategies to grow their business. So that's what I want to do. I thought, okay, that makes sense. And then everyone's always told me over the years, Alicia, you need to have a podcast. You need to have a podcast. And I've always been hell-bent on not just having a podcast for the sake of it. Like, I, I think there's enough podcasts out there talking about relationships and men and and all the rest of it and I just want it to be a bit different I just thought I want it to be purposeful I want to be able to inspire the next generation of um 
black and diverse individuals i want to be able to have a platform that educates non-black individuals on 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 diverse community on diverse communities and experiences and black experiences you know i want to be able to inspire those from black communities again that there's more career opportunities beyond just the you know being (laughs) the ceo or just being an actor or just being in the spotlight you can make so much money and have so much opportunities by doing things where you're not in the spotlight and that's what this podcast is for i'm going to be having professional conversations professional conversations no they're not going to be completely professional but i'm going to be having conversations with a range of professionals and entrepreneurs from the black community so With that being said, thank you so much for listening to my story, my reason for creating Black Create Connect Um, and listening, you know, understand who, you know, people's stories, backgrounds, who they are, what inspires them and learn from the Black community. And if you'd like to join us, feel free to connect with us on LinkedIn and Instagram, which is Black, spelt the normal way, nothing fancy, create and then connect all one word and um, if you want to connect with me on linkedin my name is alicia a-l-i-c-i-a and then richardson um i won't give my instagram <laughs> but if you want to connect with me you can and if you want to send in an email to ask any questions or if you'd like to be a guest and share your story and personal experiences i'm open to connecting my email address is hello at black create connect um oh. <laughs> uk. I was almost forgot there what the end was um, but I hope that this was insightful thank you so much for listening and for coming this far with me um, I really really appreciate it um, sending you all my love take care bye